What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going very well, Graham. Mm. Going very, very well. That's good to hear. You know, I was doing my, uh, you know, my standard show prep. Sure. So it's very, a very in-depth process that requires years and years of training and concentration in order to perfect Pretty much me sitting on the futon with my phone in front of my face, scrolling Twitter real quick, <laughs> seeing if anything exciting happened. Then I went to TalkingChop.com, oh, read an article. Very advanced. Um, AJC Whoa. read an article. Um, but what I was getting excited about during all of this was not having to talk about the Falcons. Yeah, it's nice. We actually have some news that's happened this week. Um, good and or excuse me, not good, bad and ambivalent. I would say would be my two reactions to these uh, two news stories we're going to spend the bulk of the show on today. Um, well, don't jump the gun here, Graham. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get into the headlines that quickly. Okay, sorry. I know, I know. I'm, I'm screwing up the preamble. I, I, I wanted your thoughts on not having to talk about the Falcon. Oh, it's it's a it's a blessing. <laughs> it's um, one of the great privileges of of today. Yeah. You know, they they say. Uh, Seize the day is one of those common, commonly used terms, carpe diem, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, this is one of those moments we should seize and be very and really take advantage of the fact that we don't even have to mention the Falcons after this uh, uh, brief detour we're taking here. Because I've noticed that the past really like three months, these podcasts have just been bitch fests. Yes. We were talking about on the phone uh, last week. We we're like, we gotta do something. We gotta do some different kind of segments as opposed to us just bitching about this because this this shit's getting stale, real fast. Well, segments are fine and dandy. They're not our forte. No, not our bread and butter. But uh, I think we can, you know, just hit the facts, um, give our opinions, have generally positive outlooks on life in general. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I sense with this first headline, it's not going to go that way. No. For either of us, probably. But um, let's just go ahead and take our usual roles where you could be Mr. Negativity. All right. I'll try to put a positive spin on things and uh, let's see where it takes us. Sounds good. All right, let's open up with the depressing news as has become accustomed on this show every fucking week. Josh Donaldson is officially no longer a free agent. He has signed a four-year, $92 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. First of all, before you go too much further into it, I feel like for people listening, that's going to sound like that opening was like recorded at a different time because of the dark transition you had there. Sure. I like it, Junior. Okay, great. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um so, yeah, four-year deal, $92 million to the Twins. The fifth-year option, I believe, is worth something around $16 million. That's a team-based option. Um, this was not that shocking considering I felt like this had lingered too long in order for the Braves to get the deal done, especially since they were considered to be the favorites. So it was like you know, we had heard for a couple weeks now that the, the, the Twins, the Nats, and the Braves had all made offers in some form or fashion. And that the Twins were in the $80 million range, I believe, was the last thing we reported last week. Um, 
So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't totally shocked that he went to the the Twins because I figured we're cheap asses and didn't give him as much money as he was requiring. But the thing that really blew my mind, Adam, do you remember how to do long division? Oh man, let me get this notebook out now. Okay, so I want you to do a long division problem for me that can really um, magnify the, uh, the the consequences <clears throat> of this and make us even more upset than we already are. Okay. So I want you to divide ninety two and four. Nine ninety two divided by four. Is that so, division? Yeah. So do the yeah. Draw the thing there. Put the four outside. So four goes into nine. How many times? <laughs> four goes into nine two times. Right. So that's two. So then you do two times four, right? Right. That's eight. Nine minus eight is one. Right. Put the two down. Oh, you carry that down. Yeah, you carry that down. Okay. Oh, four. Four goes, four goes into twelve. Three, three times. times. So that's. $23 million a year that Josh Donaldson's going to be making with the Twins. How much money did the Braves pl- pay Josh Donaldson last year? $23 Adam? million. Dollars. So what the fuck? Why can't we match that? And it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Do you really me. need to ask that question? Don't you know the answer, Grant? Well, I know we're, we're a cheap-ass ownership group, no, but no, our no. cheap-ass ownership group paid Donaldson $23 million last year. And he was coming off a very injury-plagued season where he did not deliver and was just basically brought in on his past accolades. And then he has a, you know, an incredible season by all stretches of imagination. One of the best third basemen in the league last season. Power, defense, on-base plus slugging, slugging, on-base percentage, hitting the shit out of the ball, exit velocity, and he still just gets twenty-three million dollars a year. And we're sitting over here paying Cole Hamels' injury-prone ass $17 million a year. Why can There's a massive difference in paying. We're not just paying him $23 million for one year. You'd be paying him for four years. Okay, yeah. There's... And, and paying him when he's like 38, you'd be paying him $23 million. I understand That's that. A... It's a big risk. It's a, you're... But you're not paying for that, Adam. You're paying for the chance to win a championship of the next two seasons. And if you have to bite the bullet at the last two seasons suck, then so be it. Because at least you got the fucking championship. Right. This organization is afraid to make a stand to be a true title contender. And it pisses me off, especially when this truest bank bullshit park thing gets announced that has revealed that the Braves will be getting 200 or not the Braves, excuse me, Liberty Media will be getting $222 million alone off changing the name to Truist Park. And we are just sitting here with... Without our, our, our cornerstone third baseman that was so huge for us last year, you know, we're just blowing this this window we have. So many things you just said are factually incorrect. That's not – everything I said was either They're an opinion g- or a fact. <laughs> truest, truest Park shit is true. Look but it up. That's not a new deal. That's the same deal that SunTrust had. They're no, getting it's ten, a, They're getting $10 million a year from that. It's the same deal. They had rebranding rights in the whole deal. So the, that deal's not changing. It's just you realize that it's happened. Again. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. Regardless, so you're, you're still getting, getting excess $222 million. But they've already had that, and that's over like 23 years? It's still 2032 or something like that. It's over 10 years. You're getting $222 million in 10 years. You know, think you can throw a little bit of money to your stupid baseball team? They just spent a billion dollars to buy Formula One racing or whatever. You, you realize that already they're going into the year with the highest payroll in the history of Atlanta Braves? And that's fucking pathetic. $130 million in today's day and age for baseball? You, you, just, you just won't be... I will not be satisfied until this organization... <laughs> Under Liberty Media proves that it wants to be a contender, and they do not with moves like this. If they the, do not. If at the beginning of this offseason or last year when you were bitching about the payroll, if I said, hey, next year the Braves are going to have the highest payroll they've ever had in franchise history, what, what would you have said? I would have said, what's the context? 
that we have Nick Marcakis and Adam Duvall going to be platooning in left field to be our fucking cleanup hitter, that Travis Darnot is going to be hitting fifth, then I would say this is bullshit. And it is. It's absolute bullshit. Now, there is time for Anthopolis to remedy this, but the options out there aren't great. Talking to Nick Castellanos, who's solid, but nothing special, and he's a terrible defender. Marcelo Zuna's over the hill um, in the outfield. Oh, I don't think that's a fair statement. He killed us in the playoffs. Well, everybody kills us in the playoffs. We're fucking loser birds. Think about what Donaldson did in the playoffs versus what uh, Azuna did. Yeah, but Donaldson had a bad, granted he had a bad postseason, but who would you rather have on your team? My problem is, I mean, I honestly like some of the, look, I I, I said the exact same thing last week that you just said. I agree if you have to pay him the four years, you have to do it. If you want to win a championship, and realistically, you get two good years out of them. Right, but if you win a championship, it's it's worth, worth it. it. It's worth it. You know, if you want a playoff series, it's, it's just worth like it. the Astros cheating. They cheated, but they won a championship. Right, so they had to fire their manager and have all sorts of shame, but they won a championship. So right. yeah. it's worth it. If we cheat our way to a championship, so be I'm it. happy about right. it. Right, okay. Just don't get caught. <laughs> uh, don't be wearing. Uh, I was hearing on the radio over here that, that Jose Altuve was wearing like a. Um, some sort of pulsing thing, and that they would send, um, you know, it would like vibrate three times or twice for whatever the pitch was going to be. So if change it would go like boom, boom, boom. That is next level. That that is that that's is dubious. Uh, that's dubious as I hell. I mean, that's like I feel like they should lose their franchise. They should that deep. They should get like just losing a manager. That's not enough. No, copy is banned from baseball for, for life. life. For what? Some international scandals, scandals that no one gives a shit about. Right. None of those players we lost are anything, by the way. Someone did an article about Kevin Maiton, and he sucks. Yeah, everybody thought he was going to be the uh, Including next you. Mickey Cabrera, you know, based off the peripherals, I saw. Right. Um, so that's kind of funny. But poor Copy put the, basically put our entire team together right now. Like every good player we have came that's from not, Copy that's and Frank Wren. That's not true. Give me a player. Will Smith, who we just signed in the offseason. Okay. Well now, well, now you're excited about the money we spent in the no, offseason. No, I'm, I'm happy with what we've done in the bullpen. We have, we have one of the best bullpens of baseball on paper. Which is great. Well, if they didn't do that, do you think that they they would have uh, spent more money on Donaldson? We'll never know. But um, either way, I'd have to bitch about it because I'd be like, well, now the bullpen is not where it needs to be. (laughs) So there's no satisfying me. But if I had to pick, I'm going to pick having a guy who's playing every day, who can make a major impact, who protects Freddie Freeman, and who brings a lot of swagger and leadership to the clubhouse, which we have just lost. Well, we had him last year. Remember how much our bullpen sucked at the beginning of the year? And what were your opinions back then? No, we didn't. But we could have done. But the thing is, Adam, is that we could have. We could do more. This this ownership group has enough money to give us the ability to be contenders, especially with the talent we have. You know how much money Ronald Acuna is making this upcoming year? And that much. That's why you need to overpay. One million dollars for a top 10, 15 player in baseball who mm-hmm. could be a top five player who could be the best player in baseball in a couple of years. Yeah. So use to so, so, so surround him with talent and win a fucking championship. Not that we don't have talent, but you know what I mean? It's like, I just feel like we never want to go for it. We're pussies. We, we, we're, we're total wimps. What, what if Cole Hamill, 17 million? Come on. I mean that's whatever. Like like I said, that's a one year deal. That's why I you know, but it's for just him. it's still just. I mean being, that's spending money. It's overpaying a guy who's had incredibly injury plagued seasons too of the last three seasons. Us, us having, I mean that's what he said about Donaldson last year after he was injured for one year. He was he was healthy. Yeah, but entire this is the last. That. Sorry, it wasn't two of the last years. Three of the last four that Hamels has had oblique issues or some 
some issues with his lower lower well, body. Us paying seventeen million for Cole Hamill, and that's that's not a big risk at all. Like that doesn't affect us signing Josh Donaldson for four years. I don't know with this mid market bullshit team no, and it, bullshit budget we have. It, Duh, they didn't want to do long term. That's their deal. If Donaldson, then you better have They would have signed Donaldson for thirty five million for one season if he would have taken that. Jesus, deal. I mean, uh, you better have a damn good contingency plan. Well, because, they don't. That's the problem. They, yeah. um, I mean, had they known that they, I think they were very confident that they were going to sign Donaldson. Um, otherwise, they would have made a move on a Musakis. Or someone like that. Right. Who knows? Maybe they could have thrown money at Rendon, but they were. I think they were fairly confident and that Donaldson would come back. I don't think it's going to Minnesota. No, Minnesota's not going to win anything. Well, that, I understand they're good now, but come on, it's Minnesota. Well, yeah, I mean, you see Minnesota winning a championship and no, anything because their pitching staff is deficient. It's like I said, they they're let, worse than than we are. Well, it's like Do I they said, have any championships yeah. in any sport. Yes, the Twins have ninety-one Fuck, World they Series. They one. beat us. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And I think they won some World Series before that as well. But the thing—it's not the '90s anymore. We've won one more recently than them. Correct. The thing that blows my mind about the Twins going after Donaldson was that they already led the league in homers last year. It's not like they were, you know, looking for, you know, they were lacking for power. But they come in and get Donaldson, and but they still have shitty pitching. So you know what? Whatever. That's that's their cross to bear. I'm not going to get into the Twins pitching staff for Christ's sake. But I. We have time before pitchers and catchers report. Deals can be made. Um, But, I mean, like, the the options on the table, like I was saying, Castellanos, solid offense, bad defense. Ozuna, bad defense, solid offense. I heard Um, somebody talking about this. Ozuna's defense is bad. It's, like, highly over-publicized and kind of fake news. That's what I've heard from the advanced metrics, but who knows. But regardless, these guys are not going to be able to match Donaldson's numbers um, offensively as, as, as a whole. Like, Mozuna still has some power. I hit 29 homers, but in terms of the on-base plus slugging and on-base, he's not nearly as, as great as Donaldson is, and you can't replace that defense at the hot corner. I mean, it was it was outstanding. And now, so the other options is try to trade for Chris Bryant, but that's, a, you know, open up a can of worms. you got to give up prospects depending on what, how his grievance shakes out with the Cubs that he's been um, bitching with them about in terms of how he thinks he manipulated his service time. He either has one year left on his contract or is two. You trade for Nolan Arenado. We know his splits uh, from Coors Field aren't great. He is an extremely talented player. and He's the best defensive third baseman yes, in the game. Yes, he is the best defensive third baseman in the league. And But he's got a seven-year, $240 million with an opt-out clause out of, after these uh, this year and next year. Not not this year, but I'm saying over the next two years. So it's like, but you you know, if you gotta go, if you go after Bryant or you go after Arenado, you have to give up a shit ton of prospect capital. So it's just like, what what are we gonna do here? We, we can't go into we can't go into opening day like this. Here's where I'm offensively, at here. well, or defensively. Two points. So a we can go into opening day like this. I mean, you can, and, but you just and, you admit that you don't want to win anything. And I'll be honest, I. Because if you're going into opening day like that, what you're saying is, okay, we believe Camargo or Riley. I mean, because that was the plan last year when we saw Donaldson for one year. The bridge to Riley. Was, yeah, the bridge to Riley. So it, it means you're either believing in one of those guys or you're, you're ready for Drew Waters or Pache, basically. Right. 
So the problem with signing Castellanos or Osuna is if you sign them to multi-year deal, then you're blocking one of those guys. Well, the thing with Castellanos is he's going to also play third base. Oh yeah, yeah. But he'd be blocking. Oh. He'd be blocking rightly. Shit. Well, I like that a lot more. If he, could, I didn't realize he could play third base. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a different story then. But he's not like like I said, his defense is subpar. So, but I'd be more okay with that because I mean that, that's why I, I feel better about a right now. I feel better about a Marquez Duval platoon than a Riley Camargo. Offensive potential. Uh, like you're gonna have one. Like, no, I would. I would disagree with that. Personally, for like right now, now term. Yeah, you're also an Adam Duvall hater, so well, take that. Just look at the track record. I admit, I, yeah, I'll admit it. I mean, I like Duvall, but I don't think he's an everyday player or even a platoon player. He's like a bench guy at this point, and he's as poor on base, poor plate discipline, strikes out a shit ton. Plays okay defense and can run to a ball thirty times a season. We need home runs. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, we're not going to get into the right. ball thing again. No. But and then Marquez is <clears> like, <throat> I love Marquez, but Jesus Christ, when can we let this go? He's just a when Pache and Waters are ready. Right, and we have no idea when that's going to be. <clears throat> well, they're saying summer twenty twenty, mm-hmm. um, which is this year, Graham. It is. But I'm all in on this Arenado thing now. Because, because, all right, we haven't traded a single high top level prospect. Eventually, you got to do it. And if there's a guy you're going to do it on, it's Arenado. If you can work out, apparently there's Bowman was talking about this today. Apparently there's there's something they can do with that opt out clause in the trade agreement where he would agree to get rid of that in his contract. All right, now now we're talking. So that would be a different story. So then, and the trade he put together for it was. Drew Waters. Okay. Ian Anderson. That hurts. Ender. Fine. And then some double-A pitcher I hadn't heard of that apparently has, like, high closer potential. Anderson's... De La Cruz, I think. Okay. Um, I think he's seen a little bit of Major League action. But, dude, that is worth it for Arenado. It's tough... Parting with Anderson, but you got to give up something to get something. And if you got him locked up for the next seven years, that's a tra- that's not a mark to share a trade. No, that's like a- even even if a couple of those guys turn out to be great, we need a damn third baseman behind Freddie Freeman. Yeah, well, we we need a power guy behind. Because now we're gonna, now, now we're going to get back base. into. What, do you put Acuna back in the cleanups? No, spot? you keep him in the, in the leadoff. We we know that that, that that's where he succeeds so, the most. So who's our who's our cleanup hitter right now? It's either Marquez or Duvall, <laughs> which is horrible, but that's just the way it is. Why can't um, Freddie be a cleanup hitter? It's just I don't know. I mean, he could be, but who you hit third? You go Marquez. You go no. You you, you go Acuna, Dansby, Albie's, Freddie. Dansby. Say that. Say that again. Acuna. Acuna. Dansby. Dansby. Albies. Albies third. Interesting. Okay. Freddie. It's a lot of speed at the top of the order. Dansby in the two hole was nice for like when at the beginning of the year when he was raking. Yeah, that could be that could be interesting. I think that gives you a little more roster flexibility, yeah. Graham. Um, you know, away from Coors Field last year, Arenado. Slash 277, 346, 521, 867 on base plus slugging, 
solid numbers, but yeah. at home he's just a monster. 351, 412. This is like 645, 1057. Uh, home runs were actually pretty even. 21 at home, 20 uh, on the road. So who knows? I mean, you got to think that with a guy that is as talented as he is, that he would eventually adjust. And obviously, I don't think he's going to hit 351 at SunTrust Park um, with a 645 slugging. But that is a guy that we've seen time and time again produce at a high level. And. If there's one person to go all in on that you actually have an opportunity to do so, it's hard to argue against it. You're still a little leery of the splits, but fuck it. I mean, it it, it would shed this identity of the Braves not going for it and being sort of, you know, trying to win on a budget and being like, eh, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that, but never really, really going for it. So I, I feel I feel like it's time. Like no, I mean I would I mean, like it to happen, but with this organization's track record, I don't I don't foresee that. I would be absolutely shocked. I don't know if that shocked if that happened. To me, that doesn't. I mean, but I guess a big part of the deal is that you're taking on so much money. So it's kind of like the Giancarlo Stanton, where mm. the Marlins like really didn't get what you would expect out from prospects in that trade, but it's taken up all that money. Right. Because, like, to me, and that, like, the proposed deal, Drew Waters, you still have Pache. Right, exactly. So he's, you know, he can be sacrificed. Ian Anderson. That's a hard one to swallow. Yeah, it's one, but he's he's not. He's probably the best pitcher in the the, uh, system. I don't think he, I mean, he's not a Mike Soroka-esque prospect, is he? Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's like crim de la crim. He could be, he could be the next Strasburg. Scherzer kind of guy. I haven't heard him those names thrown out with him. I mean, I understand he's a great prospect, but and who knows? You're starting, he's, he's not a known quantity. We're starting to see the old adage that a lot of prospects don't pan out is so true. No, but he's been very good, and uh, I it would be really hard for me to get rid of him. But I would understand the move. In when, this when's scenario. he going to be ready to be really good? Is it this could year? be this year? Yeah. Well, if not this year, then definitely next year. He's knocking on the door. Like you said, for a player like Arenado, that's a sacrifice I'm really willing to make. Because at the end of the day, you need, in the playoffs, you got Soroka, Free. Who hopefully will pitch more than once in a fucking series. Right. But you don't, you don't need all these arms. You need three great arms. Yeah. Which we potentially could already have in our rotation. Soroka profiles to be the best right now. Fulty, you don't know what you're going to get. If he's going to be Jackal or Hyde. Freed's a damn bulldog. Freed is a bulldog. I want to keep watching his development. Um, I think he burned out a little bit last year at times, but that's expected because he's a youngster. Don't sleep on Newcomb this year. Who knows what happened with Newcomb. So. Point is, I think that we have the arms in our rotation right now where we could win a playoff series and go further. Maybe. We don't have the offense, though. Right. That's why I'm saying Ian Anderson, I'm fine trading for Aaron Aaron Arenado. <laughs> Nolan, Nolan, yeah. Yeah, whatever the hell his name is. And you have uh, intimate experience with Nolan Arenado. He's been on your fantasy baseball team, I think, the last four years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a stud. <laughs> you plug him in every day. Well. He's going to get you two to three home runs a week, driving a lot of runs. I recommend it. It would be interesting to see if that happens, but I would not get – I would I would tell everyone not to get your hopes up. No, yeah, yeah. That, that's why that's why I'm saying realistically, I, I honestly would not be surprised if we go into the season with what we have now. 
and then explore the trade market. I'm gonna be so salty if that's what I happens. know you're gonna be, Graham. But like this exploring the trade market thing that they like to make improvements in season. There's another guy that no and one's that, that way. You give your you, you do give the in-house guys an option to prove themselves. And like, what if Austin Riley comes out raking? He definitely could. And every single time that he's you know advanced up a level, you know, single A, double A, triple A majors. Well, majors is yet to be seen, but he comes out hot, and then he sort of slows down, and people adjust him. He does, and it takes him longer to adjust. And if his track record is indicative of anything, is that eventually he adjusts back and becomes really good. So hopefully, right. so and we've seen what he can do. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he can't keep up that pace that he was doing when he first came up. But there's no reason to shut the door on Austin Riley Too or hard. to not think that he cannot be a great player. He certainly can be. So Just that, we don't know. So that's the patience argument, Graham. That's the patience argument. Like with our bullpen, and I mean, just having three great hitters in your lineup, you can probably win a decent amount of games to stay in the race. Sure. See what Camargo and Riley do. And if not, if it's not working out, then you go ahead and pull the trigger on a huge trade. So one guy that a lot of people aren't talking about is Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics, who could potentially be offered up in a trade. He's not, you know, the most you know the purest hitter or anything. He's, this is only he's only had two years in, uh, in the majors, but he did hit 36 home runs last year, had over uh, 500 slugging percentage, 342 on base, pretty solid. Uh, hit 249, but you know, batting average is not the you know the end all be all. Donaldson only hit like 255 last year. Okay. But the other things, the slugging and the on-base plus slugging and just his, um, you know, and the power were, you know, why he was one of the main reasons why he was so good. He would just hit the bejesus out of the ball when he did make contact. So that's a guy that you probably wouldn't have to give nearly as much for Arnauto for. You don't have to pay him as much and could be a viable replacement. Now, I don't know if the A's are wanting to move on from him considering they just made the postseason He's under team control. Like I said, he's entering his third year. But it might be something to at least kick the tires on. Sounds more realistic than Arnado. Yes, exactly. So in terms of a real, more realistic trade scenario that might actually pan out and not be you know having to sink money into an older guy like an Ozuna or like a Castellanos, um, this is someone that admittedly I don't know a lot about but just from following baseball I know I, I kept hearing about Matt Chapman you know throughout the throughout the season he started off really hot in March and um, you know had a, had a pretty solid season Spring overall training? he had 22 at bats in March I mean the season started in March okay yeah um, so sort of faded down the stretch a little bit had a rough September but I think this is a this is a, a, a nice young player that you don't have to give up nearly as much for and you won't have to pay as much who could provide a, a similar level to Donaldson, maybe not defensively, but offensively at least. I'm pretty sold on Arenado at this point, Graham. Oh, I mean, once he gets in your head, it's hard to let him go. I'm just sitting here thinking, I mean, he's like the one guy who's like a better offensive option than Donaldson. Probably better defensive option. He is better defensively and offensively. He is, you know, if he can, you know, provide the kind of... He's a bona fide superstar. Yeah, man. if he can provide the kind of statistics that he was doing at Coors, or at least close to it, then you're getting... It seems like a no-brainer. Like, I, I would... Trade even more than that. I'd throw in Kyle Wright. Jesus Christ. Slow down. See, you, give up, you, give up, you give up the farm. The, the last four years I've been, I don't want to trade any prospects. All of a sudden, I'm sick of prospects. Well, eventually you gotta, you got to do something. you got to do something that you think 
That's a calculated decision that you think will put you over the top, and the Braves haven't done that yeah. in a long, long time. I'm not saying just you go arbitrarily waste money, yeah. but we need to. The ownership needs to show the the fan base that really came out in support of the Braves, especially last year, that they are serious about winning a title. And with the roster as currently constructed, they are not doing so. And they and, and they pissed off the fan base by not bringing back Donaldson at the same rate they paid him last year. Even though I know it's for more years, it still doesn't make you look good. And it's not about PR; it's about trying to win. But right now, this roster can't yeah, win. The, the ninety-two million was really left because Donaldson was looking for one hundred ten. Right. So the ninety-two, I was very surprised that we weren't around there. What, I, I get does the, anyone know where we were? We'll be offered that. That'll never get out. Um, I mean, it must have been had to be well I, under. I would that. guess eighty. Right. Or less. Or 75. Or maybe just really not willing to go to that fourth year. Like, it was reported we're going to the fourth year, but it was also reported the Twins are out of the running. So Right, so who the hell knows? Yeah, so I, I, it was probably just not willing to go to that fourth year. And the Twins were actually, they, they got a fifth-year fifth option in there as well. Right. Which and makes more sense. For, I mean, he can DH all the time as well. Right, and that, so that, that, that had some, some comfort, certainly. That's a kicker. And apparently he loves hitting in Minnesota. Mm. Um. Jim Powell was talking about this when they were up in when the Braves were in Minnesota this past year. Uh, Donaldson hit like a walk-off home run, um, just raked the entire three-game series. And he had mentioned to Jim Powell how much he loved, like that was his, he said, his second favorite ballpark to hit in. The ball does fly there. Yeah, so I'm sure that played into it as sure. well. Um, I don't know. I'm all, I'm all over the place on my emotions. Like, obviously, Arenado is a pipe dream. Now that we talked through it a little bit, I don't hate the patience route. It's a long season, Graham. Yeah. And if you, if Riley, I need to see Riley, see what he does in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do. If you can get Ozuna or Castellanos for like a two-year deal, maybe. Ugh. If you sign him longer. But I, I just don't want to block Waters and Pache for one of these guys. Yeah. I think they're, they're fine hitters. They're not superstars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we're more of a bullpen team this year. I don't know. Who knows, Graham? Yeah, maybe, Dan, maybe this is Dansby's year. He we'll raked see. in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. But it, it was a wild week in, in terms of Braves. I'm glad it's done, though. I'm glad that yeah. some things done. It, it, it was just I'm sick of the waiting. It game. was getting nerve wracking just checking Twitter and talking shop and various other outlets every day, just being like, "Well, what the hell's going on?" How dumb to change it up a little bit. The truest park thing. Like, I'm not surprised that it's called truest park. Like, That's fine. It, it's, it's the most obvious op. But the fact that they did can this- we can we provide some context for people that might not know. Why it's truest. You think people that listen to this podcast don't know? All right. Go ahead. Because I think this might clear up some people's anger, potentially, if they don't know. To a degree. We'll are, are you just wanted to explain the fact that SunTrust changed their name to Truist? Well, SunTrust merged with BB&T to become Truist. Right. Sort of like how First Union and Wachovia combined to make Wachovia <laughs> all those years ago. And we were obsessed with that for some reason. Um, <laughs> because these bank mergers are ridiculous. It's, yes. They, 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 they pay some marketing firm, God knows how much money, to just come up with, like, I'm sure they pay, like, the, the no, it was First Union. Yeah, First Union. Oh, sorry. First, First Union, Union and Wachovia, Wachovia have combined to make Wachovia. Wachovia. Yeah. 
I'm sure someone got paid like a million dollars to say, just keep Wachovia. Right, sure. This tested really well in our focus. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, but the name Truist, so it makes sense that since they're the Truist Bank now, that it would be called Truist Park, just like SunTrust was SunTrust Park. However, the name Truist is so bad, I don't know what that means. Like, what is Truist? Well, it's a made-up name. Well, I know, but like... But what is Wachovia? At least it sounds... That's just because you've heard it. Right. But if, if but, true, if true but it makes bank, me... But, but Wachovia doesn't sound like another word. It sounds like it's its own entity. Wachovia is a completely ridiculous word. It is, but it sounds cool. Wachovia. Truest sounds like you're trying to say true, but you got a speech impediment. Truest is a word as well. That's the The most. truest. T-R-U-E-S-T. Yeah. But this is T-R-U-I-S-T. If truest bank had existed for 50 years, <laughs> it would just roll off your tongue. It's new. I don't like it. Yeah, because it's new. You if it was like spelled the right, if it was spelled, bastard. if it was spelled the right way, I wouldn't feel as as uh, I wouldn't have such animosity towards it. But it's spelled like some new DC liberal spelling that's just like, oh, let's spell it differently so that we stand out. People will know that this is our brand. Fucking ridiculous. You don't want to just name your company after a real word. Like, do we call that'd be like us calling our podcast table? Our podcast is all real words. But it's multiple words. If you're, if it's a single brand, you don't yeah. want it to just be table. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I know. That's not exciting. Well, think, just think of something else. It's, not, it's just ridiculous. This is misspelling of the word. But it's, I mean, yeah, it's, they made that decision to call it Truest Bank, not based on the Brave Stadium. No, it was, so, happened, this happened before the Brave, the Brave Stadium was renamed. Well, yeah, but it's renamed because yeah. SunTrust no longer exists. Right. I would have been fine if it had been like Hank Aaron Field or Bobby Cox Field or whatever well, at Truist Park. Well, that's what everyone was pushing for. But at the end of the day, like if it were called anything except Truist, like they, they get brand recognition every time someone says Truist. Yeah. If it were called Hank Aaron Field, people say, hey, we're going to Hank Aaron Field. You don't even say Truist. So it, it makes complete sense why they did oh, yeah. it. Business but the ridiculous thing was that they did this grand reveal. Like it was like going to be they something They set great. us up for like yeah. a week and a half, yeah. and then there's these two losers on the stage. Yeah, it's like, with, coming up at 11, the Braves' new park. And I was like, well, I'm not just, watching this because see, I know it's going to be true. They were on a stage, and they had like a, a, a cover, a cover yeah. over like the board. Yes. And there's like, the new name of the ballpark is Truest Park. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, no shit. It, th- like that that's what got me I get it's a stupid name it sounds absurd right I think we'll probably get used to it eventually but I'm just gonna say I'm going to the Braves game yeah I might I might just stick with my Turner Field roots sure it's Turner Field too yeah I, I was never I mean SunTrust I guess I got used to saying SunTrust I did too the trust you could just say go to the battery go to the the battery the baseball stadium with the battery sure how about that yeah and um but people that just wanted it to be a pure name, named after someone, those days are long past. Everything's gets corporate sponsors now. There's there's hardly any. I can only think of three, four baseball parks uh, that don't have any sort of corporate BS in them. It's like Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Yan- New Yankee Stadium, Wrigley, and uh, uh, Baltimore Camden Yards at Oriole Park. Well, Wrigley's named after the owners, right? But it's like it's named after like people, or it's just. Yeah, it's named after people, and it's not. There's no corporate entity surrounding it or branding itself through it. 
It's like those days are long, long gone. You're not going to get that ever again. Tough shit. Yeah. Sorry. Get over it. Yeah. Deal with it. I am. I just think it's a horrible name to name a bank. But what the hell would I know? Truest Park. Yeah. Just, just feels like we're we're. I don't know. Sounds like like that sounds like it's like it's like one of the many names uh, the the Marlins Stadium would be. That sounds like a, a stadium in South Florida. Yes, Truist Park. Right. That would make more sense. Like Pro Player Stadium. That that stadium name changed fifteen times. Right. It's Dolphin Stadium, Pro Player Stadium. Uh, Levon Hernandez throws a twelve-inch fastball that's twelve inches outside. Whatever. Forget that part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was referencing the Angel Hernandez game where he was calling balls like 10 inches off the plate that were, he called them strikes in the Braves. Remember, 97. Remember when Hernandez LCS. was a Brave? Yeah, it was terrible. Was that his last season? No, he like still pitched well with the Nationals. Nationals, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Anyway. Good old days. That's the, that's the Braves news for the week. At least we get to talk about you know the thing that people want us to hear want to hear us talk about. I think uh, even if it wasn't much bullshit. I certainly enjoy talking about the Braves the most, Graham. Sure. Well, let's move on to the Hawks, Adam. Hot off the presses today, the Hawks made a trade for Jeff Teague, bringing back old number zero in exchange for Alan Crabb and some other guy I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, I think we picked up another player from the Timberwolves. We did. Yeah. Uh, Graham is his last Yeah, it's like Jalen Graham, I think. I've never heard of him. Jaden Graham. Or Jaden Graham. Um, I saw he had a 21-point game at some point in his career. Oh, that's nice. It was a different team, though. Yeah. But uh, so he's out of Virginia Commonwealth. Oh, that's good. That's actually a decent basketball school. Yeah. So I like this move in the sense that it provides Trey some, some guidance. He also brings in some, hopefully, veteran leadership, even though I don't think Teague was really known as a – leadership guy at least when he was here that was more Al Horford than Millsap but it makes me wonder and we talked about this on the phone earlier today why didn't we make a move like this before to bring in a a known commodity that could really contribute to the team and also provide leadership it's the schlank messed up Graham Link thought all these young guys, and I think that's I was gonna link the Brave segment to the Hawks state segment. I think that's why I'm a trade guy now because watching these Hawks, like all these prospects, they sound great. These young guys, mm. like on paper, are phenomenal, but it takes time to develop, and I'm just sick of developing. I want some proven veteran players in. Um, yeah, the Schlink thought that we could just roll out there with two rookies, a couple second-year players, and John, and, Collins. and John Collins, a third-year player, and have the same success that we had last year. And it was a massive miscalculation. Yeah, and I think to expect Trey Young. Like Evan Turner? Come on, what the hell was that? Yeah, uh, he, he didn't do anything. Uh, it, it's really odd to me that we just thought Trey was ready to be the leader now in his second year. And apparently, according to Chris Kirshner of The Athletic, he had a good article today where he was talking with Torian Prince um, about, you know, what he thinks is going on in the, in the locker room. And it was interesting to hear that, you know, you know, Torian was like, you can't expect, 
you know, this 21 year old kid to just be the ultimate leader. He could be the best player. He could be the best player. It doesn't make you the leader. Exactly. And he's got to grow into that over a number of years. I mean, you know, superstars like LeBron and Dirk Nowitzki. I'm just trying to think of just random people over the years, but I'm just saying they weren't immediately the leaders of their team. Even LeBron, when he went to Cleveland, it wasn't like, hey, LeBron, you're our emotional leader. He didn't become a head coach until he went to, well, until he was like five, six years into his, his, his role in Cleveland where the coach didn't matter. I mean, Tyron Lue wins an NBA championship, for Christ's sake. Um, point being that, that was you're exactly right. It was a miscalculation, and we really failed to bring in enough uh, guys to be vocal leaders. And apparently, you know, Lloyd Pierce is struggling with this, according to this article, in the sense that he was having DeAndre Bembry, not DeAndre Bembry, excuse me, uh, DeAndre Hunter, try to break the, the, the huddle. And he was so quiet in what he was saying that everyone was just kind of like, oh, this is ridiculous. Hunter. Yeah. yeah. And like, it seems like you're just trying to put guys in positions that they're not ready to to uh, embody well, yet. Well, I mean, think about us at 21, 22 years old. Mm. Could you get in a huddle of grown-ass men and lead them when you're still trying to figure shit out yourself? No. It's, it's a completely unrealistic expectation. And it's really one of the first times Schlenk has made a major um, misjudgment on his part. And I, I think people are trying to crucify him now for that is a little ridiculous it was a mistake but let's not you know ignore the, the good things that have happened since he's come to the organization you know getting trey young you know you could have had luca but trey young's still you know an excellent player kevin herter has really been turning out some great games recently yeah. now that he's healthy yeah. it's also you know even cam reddish is starting to show some life you know like 20 he's like the first rookie in nba history earlier this week I think to score over 20 points and have five plus steals in a game so it's not like it's been a total misfire but this season has resulted in us being the worst team in the league and also having a an awful locker room which sets an awful precedent moving forward into the future because I assume Lloyd Pierce is coming back I assume the majority of these guys are coming back and now you're unfortunately going to roll over into the next season with this sort of sour taste in your mouth if you're a player on this team. So I think that's, like, when I heard about this Jeff Teague trade, I didn't really understand it. Well, mainly from the Timberwolves perspective. like well, They just want to dump salary so they can make bigger trades to try and contend. But Jeff Teague is on in the last year of his contract as well, and we gave them an expiring contract too. Right. And I think Teague's getting paid more money than, than Crabb. Because he's actually still a valuable Crab was making a lot of money. That was why he was part of the deal oh. to came, come to us. Um, well, shows what I know then. Yeah. But, um, so it doesn't make sense. But I, I think from the Hawks' perspective, you do this pretty much to build some goodwill with the fans for this year and with Trey Young. Because that's my, like, I don't really care too much about the losing. Because, I mean, I had a pipe dream of making the playoffs this year, but... At the end of the day, I understand we're still rebuilding. But all these reports about the locker room being shit and Trey Young being unhappy, that scares the hell out of me. Because mm-hmm. we got our first potential superstar. Since be, Dominique. Yeah. And for him to not be happy and maybe just a couple years, like his rookie contract will be up and he might want to go team up with 40-year-old LeBron. I don't know. You never know. But that scares me. Sure. So we need to start winning 
some this year and seriously sign some quality veterans next year to seriously compete or otherwise this whole rebuild's been for naught. Right. Or even if you don't quite compete next year, you're at least moving in the right direction. You're seeing the progress that we were seeing last year, you know, and everything in the second half of the year was just, you know, going bananas. So hopefully we get that this year. I mean, I'm not expecting that to happen this year just because I think the season has been what it's been and the locker room is deteriorating. But you're right. If you bring in the right guys in the offseason to start building up a better routine with everybody and a better, you know, rapport and, and, and chemistry. Because the NBA season is a long, long season. You, you know, it is from October, and if you're in the playoffs, it goes till June. So and even if you don't, it goes to April. You know, that's six months-ish. And, you know, and, that, and if you're around guys that you're not either getting along with or it's not working out, it becomes... You know, it's it's hard to do your job, and that might be a, a some might say, "Well, that's a pussy mentality." Just do your job, but you know, having a positive work environment is is key to an employee's health and their success and whatever they're doing. It doesn't matter if it's basketball or or, or boring ass office job, and you know, especially when it comes to high profile athletics, you can't have guys that just feel like shit all the time. Go out there every day, and that's what's happening right now, and you can see it on the court. You know, it's like it's like there is still good effort produced, but it's beyond a talent thing right now. This team just doesn't gel well together at this moment. It's got to be really frustrating to be averaging thirty points for a team and have eight wins. You know? Yeah. We think about yeah, Trey's going out there every day, getting a you know getting a double double, getting thirty five points, twelve assists, and we lose. Every time, even even Herder is starting to have really good games where he's getting twenty three points, ten boards. I mean, he's starting to become more effective rebounding, which has been really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, if those two guys are gelling and John Collins does his thing, we're going to be okay in the long run. Yeah, um, you just got to get through the season know, and and keep Trey happy, please. Try to hit the reset button. Let's, going into the let's, and, let's Ronald Acuna Trey Young and give him a contract like way before he's due for a contract. Yeah, take care of him. Yeah, and the interesting part is is, is since Trey has been asked to be a leader. According to this Kirshner article I was, I was mentioning earlier, like the message that he is trying to provide isn't landing with anybody, which I think is to be expected considering he's 21 and doesn't know what the hell he's doing from a leadership standpoint yet. He's probably just... And he's always been more of a quieter guy. We're about watching TikToks in the locker room after a game. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and pontificate on that. You know what a TikTok is, It's right? some weird video thing that people are doing now, right? Uh, yeah, I learned about it from some 25-year-olds uh-huh. at uh, Beaky's wedding. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Does you feel out of touch now? Very out of touch, <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know about TikToks or any of that bullshit, but I, but I do know what I'm hearing, and Kirshner has been you know, a very reliable source this year in his reporting, is, is, that, the, is, is that the message Trey Young's trying to deliver is not working, and the fact that he's in that position, and this is my opinion now, the fact that he's in that position is, is, is not good. I don't understand why Trey Young should have a message to deliver. Because I think... They're trying to force a role that they want him to take earlier than he's, um, re- you know, sooner than he's ready to actually step into it, step into that role. I get that, but but it's, it's a bad idea by by the organization. I think to do that right now. Yeah, it's okay to want him to do that, but have someone mentor him, and hopefully that's what this Teague thing is going to you know help with. And. Teague is still, you know, solid player, averages like 13 points, 6 assists a game, only plays like 
19, 20. You know, the max he's going to play in a game is like 25 minutes. I don't think he had a great role in Minnesota from, uh, you know, my sources out there, Graham. Sure. Uh, it wasn't his type of offense. So he might uh, excel being back in Atlanta. Yeah. And the I don't good, know if you can find a way to get both of them on the court at the same time. I sure hope so. I mean, I'm sure that could happen. But the other thing that's nice is that, you know, Jeff is familiar with Atlanta. He's familiar with the organization, even though a lot of the organization has changed since he left. But I really hope that he's able to take it upon himself to, to, to work with Trey some, even though for Jeff, this is probably, you know, a pit stop. He's not going to be here long term. Well, maybe. You never know. But we'd have to renegotiate. Yeah, we'd have to renegotiate <laughs> with him. So there's nothing guaranteed. All I know is, is that in these next uh, few months that we have left in the season now, for the Hawks, because they're not making, you know, no chance in hell we're making the playoffs. Can we see some progression in just not even the result on the court, but just the the chemistry? Not like winning or losing, but just like the the, the feeling of togetherness that this team has. Can we hear better things about the locker room rapport and the chemistry moving forward? It doesn't have to change astronomically, but just something. Give me something. Yeah. And hopefully we can bring in more guys like that and start. And it'd be great if we could bring in somebody that is a veteran that's uh, under team control for more than the rest of the season to start to build that chemistry rolling over into next year so we can have some positive momentum, positive momentum moving forward. We really, really need that more than anything else. Fuck the wins, fuck the stats. We need a good locker room for this young uh, core that is very exciting when they're when they're rolling. Just keep Trey happy. Yeah. That is the key to all this. <clears throat> What do you think that will uh, you and I? Are we more likely to go to Hawks game this year, or College Park Skyhawks game? I definitely want to go to Hawks game this year. I haven't been. I think we need to put it on the calendar and just go do it. Right. We, we did watch College Park Skyhawks. I uh, want to go to a damn game after watching them. Bruno Fernando's down there now. Oh, is he? He played a couple games. Uh, I would go. I mean, Brandon Goodwin, kid. You could probably sit wherever the hell you want, yeah. cheap drinks. I, I, I realized today, because I was like, what the hell did they build that? Because it looks like a really nice arena, uh, but the, I think the, the Dream are playing there as well. Okay. Which makes a lot more sense for them to play there than at State Farm. Poor Dream. Where it just looks embarrassing. Well, it'll also probably look embarrassing down there, too, unfortunately. Right. Not as it's embarrassing. more fitting. Won't sound as vacant. Yeah. Not that it doesn't sound vacant when the Hawks play there. Sure. Because even their fans like us aren't going to the game screen. Yeah, they're just, I mean, I had a lot of interest earlier on the season when we, like, started off, like, you know, beat Detroit. We were, like, 2-1. and one. And I was like, okay, like, this team looks really good. And the Collins thing happened. They just killed everything. It would be really fascinating to know what would have happened if Collins hadn't gotten, um, hadn't gotten suspended. I had gotten, you know, the whole HGH thing. Because it seemed like, even though now we're looking at this lack of veteran leadership and all this stuff, those first three games, and that's a very small sample size, but you look at the energy on the yeah, court. It's awesome. They looked so much better with largely the same group than they do now. Yeah. Um, and that's what you know going 8-32 and 32 will do to you. And losing your second-best player will do to you. But it's, you know, would we be sitting here saying, oh, we should have more veteran leadership? It would be interesting – to, to, yeah, to look, know how that was. Yeah, games. it was. But I mean, you probably still should have done that, <laughs> but it's being magnified now because of the, the results on the court. Sure. Yep. Yep. So I think that wraps up today's show, Adam. No need for any other talk about uh, other birds. 
I'm very happy. I'll say it now, but we haven't mentioned Dan Quinn once all episode. Oh, man. Our head football coach in the Atlanta Falcons. Blood pressure rising. Uh, get out of Atlanta sports. Very excited about these Tennessee Titans. Mm. That's my squad. Okay. I like what they bring to the table. Taking down Giants. Running the ball, quarterback throwing for less than 100 yards. He's thrown 15. He's completed 15 passes in the playoffs. That's, that, that's all he's needed to do. He's done. It's the best 15 completed passes you'll ever see. Yeah, like, like he, he gets his big passes when he needs them. It's play action, mm-hmm. but Derrick Henry's a monster. Derrick Henry's rushed the ball for like 60 times or something. It's just incredible. I'm going to talk Falcons a little bit. I, I looked at a, a mock draft uh, the other day. Yeah. Guess who they had us taking in the first round? Some running back, I'm going to assume. Yes, <laughs> Swift <laughs> from UGA. No. It's like, what are you doing? No. That'd be the worst possible thing you could do. Like, No. I saw also someone suggest that we take the Wisconsin back in the second round. I don't know why people want us to take backs. Like, I'm not saying Ito Smith and um, Brian Hill are the answer because we haven't seen really enough of them to know. Uh, but and we, everyone forgets that we still have Devontae, and who knows what's going to happen with him. Like, even though we have a horrible, horrible rushing offense. I don't think it's because of our running backs. No, especially our reserves. Because, like we said, when Hill gets the ball, he's shot out of a damn cannon. And he needs to be – he would be my default lead back next year because we better get rid of Devontae to save some cap space. But if you get a Derrick Henry type, though, it's a game changer. Yeah, but how many Derrick Henrys are there that can take that punishment and carry the ball? That may like thir- get 30 touches a game. I mean, that's not – we, we, we do need a Michael Turner, though. I don't know what we 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 know what we need. We need more help in the. And it's not going to matter if you have a, a, a Derrick Henry type of three offensive line can't block worth a damn, and you have a play caller who sucks at calling running plays. He was very predictable and antiquated in his play calling, which is what the Falcons have right now. Well, sorry, I got into it, Graham. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> at least we still got Coup. Well, we better resign. Coup. We better resign Coup. If we don't resign Coup, I'm. I'm done. You're done That's with the Falcons. That's going to be the last straw for me. Wow. There's no reason to not resign Koo. I'll say that much. No, I think he, he earned it. Yes. I can't disagree. Excellent. Well, until next time, rise up, chop one, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.